This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Emmanuel Mbakwe with the Word of God. Praise the Lord and good morning, good afternoon, good day, good evening. Wherever you are listening or watching this program from, on whatever time of day it is, I want to thank God for the honour and the privilege of being able to uh, preach and to teach from his word. And for those of you who are non-members um, or regular worshippers of the All Nation Centre who are not connected with us and just coming across us for the first time, we are continuing with a theme that was started last month through August. Uh, the theme is the disciplines, dimensions and dynamics of prayer. The disciplines, dimensions and dynamics of prayer. Last month, the focus was pretty much on the discipline. Now, prayer is such a huge topic, huge um, multidimensional subject that it's not easy to do any justice to it in the time that we have. And so in light of that, what I'm led to do is to take a very narrow focus to the topic. Um, so having said that, however, I, I am going to begin by making a few general remarks um, about the dimensions and dynamics of prayer. And then we're going to zero in on the heart of the message that God has placed on my heart. Let's pray. Father, please help me. Help me to bring your word with clarity, with authority, and Lord, with sensitivity and with the power that comes by your spirit. Thank you because your spirit gives life. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, growing up as a child in church, I noticed there was a certain pattern of prayer that was adopted. Um, followed, typically it will go something like this. People will begin by worshipping God, extolling Him, and then it will move to confession of sin, and then it will move into thanksgiving, and then finally there was kind of petitions and supplications. And, and, and over time, I was really curious about it, especially when it was either private prayer, personal prayer, or whether it was collective prayer in terms of seasons of prayer and fasting. And then later on in life, I discovered that it was really, there is an acronym that was used, which was referred to by Pastor George Udo when he preached on the 21st of August. And the acronym is ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And in that, um, which is really a summary of the Lord's Prayer, um, in that you begin to see the dimensions and the dynamics of prayer because you move from one facet or, or type of prayer and progress into another. Now, as I thought about this, I realized there was another type of prayer that perhaps should be there, but perhaps is not explicitly included. So I want to submit to us, suggest to us, when we're praying, when you begin to listen to prayers, there is something, another word, a letter that can be added to it and make moving acts into actis. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then the I stands for intercession. Intercession is when you pray for another person, when you stand in the place of another person. And then supplication is when you pray for yourself. So bear that in mind. It's it, from that angle that we're going to approach the message today and say what are the dimensions, what are the dynamics of prayer as we look at the subject. I want to say this, when people talk about prayer, what typically, what reactions do you personally get when people mention prayer? Some people, you know, it's guilt, I don't pray enough. 
Why does my mind wander when I pray? Uh, is it sadness? Um, why are my prayers not answered? Why am I not seeing the results that I'm, I'm supposed to see? I, I want to say this. The truth is we're not always honest. The key issue is that we're not always honest um, with ourselves when it comes to prayer or when it, we come to prayer. God is calling us to a place of truthfulness, to a place of honesty, to a place of authenticity when it comes to prayer. It is in the place of being when we're open, when we're honest, when we're vulnerable before God, that we're going to experience real transformation. So this message is entitled Dimensions and Dynamics of Prayer. Honesty and vulnerability bring change. So the main theme is dimensions and dynamics of prayer. And the subtext there is honesty and vulnerability bring change. You know, we are commanded to pray. But in this message, we are going to look at the passage, um, the passages that were read to us, primarily Luke chapter 18 from verse 10 to 14. I know Mark chapter 9 from verse 4 to 29 was read to us. We're going to draw something from there, as was Hebrews chapter 4 from 14 to 16. But our focus is really going to be on Luke chapter 18 from verse 10 to 14. We're going to ask ourselves the question. We're going to explore together what it means to be honest and vulnerable in prayer so that we can experience lasting change or transformation under the overarching theme of dimensions and dynamics of prayer. And so when we look at the story, the parable that Jesus told of the, the tax collector and the Pharisee, we learn a number of lessons. And I want to draw those lessons out before um, this message is over. Some of those lessons highlight them. The first thing that I see in that passage when we are talking about dimensions and dynamics of prayer is that prayer is where the real you comes out or should come out. This is the first thing that we see. We, what we see displayed in this really short parable that Jesus told is that it's a synopsis of two lives. One, on the one hand, who was open, who was honest, who was humble, who was penitent, um, a penitent sinner. The other who was a religious, self-righteous, self-satisfied narcissist. I will call him a narcissist. That's the Pharisee. What is evident is that their real character was on display. Prayer brings that out. You know, when we come to prayer, prayer brings out what our real character is. Even if we pretend we have come to pray, we end up being um, the losers. When we ma wear a mask, when you cover up, when you seek to hide from God, go through religious motion, we actually leave the prayer, place of prayer uh, no better than we came. That was what happened to the Pharisee. His real self came out. He didn't submit it to God for forgiveness, for cleansing, and for sanctification. My prayer is that may we always come before God, just as we are. No airs, no graces, no pretense, no, no, nothing that masks or hides anything. The place of prayer is where the real you comes out or should come out. That follows, the second point then follows, that the place of prayer is really the place of honesty with God. You see, the tax collector was honest with himself and he was honest with God. The Pharisee was at best telling what I call half-truth or at worst, he was downright lying to God and to the people around. He was engaged in what I call an act of self-deception. Um, I, I would almost call him delusional. He thought himself better than he really was. Um, the Pharisee was not honest. 
He was a long way from it. Our God knows us and he's calling us to be honest with him. Listen, when your mind wanders and you're thinking about the bank, the bills and so on, be honest with God. Say, God, yes, God, you know me. This is my issue. You bring that in prayer. You, you deal with it and you move on. Don't hide it. Don't pretend. All we need to do is to name the truth of our lives. When we're being honest, we're naming the truth of our life. Those things that we're struggling with. Those things that are challenges to us. Um, you see, they, 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 these are the not too pretty aspects of our lives. We, but people don't know. Um, and you don't want to see, show people. We need to bring them to God. Prayer is not the place to, to control or manipulate God. To showcase ourselves and uh, tell him how good we are. <laughs> God knows how good we are. Because all our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. So the Bible says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In other words, when we come to God, be totally open and honest. And so this is what happens when we look at the second passage that was read to us in Mark chapter 9, 14 to 29. If you think about it, the disciples could not heal uh, the son of the man who came. And, 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 and having narrated his experience to Jesus the child, about the child's condition, he spoke and Jesus responded to him. Then he, he spoke again. His words were instructive. He says he often throws himself into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Uh, and Jesus then said to him, if you believe all things are possible, to him who believes. The father said, immediately we read, the father of the child called out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In other words, the man was totally honest with Jesus. He said, Lord, I, I believe, but I'm not quite there. Please help me. I need my help, your help. And that's what happens in prayer. We come to God, we come and we are totally open and honest with him. That takes us to the next point, and it is this. As we look at that parable, the place of prayer is where reality battles with religion, where truth always confronts lies. Prayer deals with the real issues and real lives. Prayer always exposes. Prayer always makes something open. But we have a tendency to hide or to mask. That's what religion is about, what religious lives are about. We can sometimes put up a religious performance. And, and, and the Pharisee was doing this. He, he came to God and he listed his religious accomplishments. We don't have time to read it. But God was not really impressed. <laughs> he's not impressed by, was not impressed by his religion and he's not impressed by our religion. Put simply, there is nothing we can do to impress God when it comes to prayer. Please, let's not try to impress God. The Pharisee failed. And what makes you think that we will succeed when we come to impress God? God is inviting us into the place of truth. He is not afraid to deal with the truth of our lives, the reality, um, where reality, real lives, battles with religion. God wants to meet us in our reality. He wants to deal with our sin. He wants to deal with our mess. He wants to deal with our brokenness. He wants to deal with the things that need fixing in our lives. And he's calling us to a place of honesty, and vulnerability. You see, God is constantly fingering and calling out what is not ideal in our lives. And he did it with the woman at the well. My prayer is that we will come to a place where we are truthful with God. 
You see, the other thing we need to realize is this, that prayer, the place of prayer, is the place of penitence, not performance. It's linked to the things that I've, we've said earlier on. Prayer is the place of penitence, and the penitent person is one who shows sorrow, who shows regret for something that has gone, they've done wrong. To be penitent is to be repentant. What a contrast between the Pharisee and the tax collector. One came to show how great and how wonderful he was, whereas the latter came. The Bible says that he will not even as so much as lift up his head. He said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. The trouble is there are so many performance prayers. I've been in church long enough to see performance prayers, both in private and in public. A lot of it, a lot of it granted, is cultural. It's something that we've learned in terms of church culture. Um, we scream and we shout. Um, and we quote a lorry load of scripture. Yet there is no real prayer done. It is one big performance. God, the purpose of prayer is to bring us to contact with Jesus. When we look at scripture and we find that when Jesus came into contact with people, they don't only came out of themselves. They, their real selves were shown. That's what happened with the woman at the well. May God help us that when we come to prayer, we come penitently. It is the place also of self-awareness, of self-examination and confession. And that example of King David, when he was confronted with what he had done. David knew he had done wrong. He was trying to mask. He was trying to hide. He was trying to sweep under the carpet the fact that he had committed murder as on top of adultery. But he did not hide when, after he'd been confronted by the prophet Nathan. He didn't sweep it under the carpet. In the same way, we see how deeply self-aware the tax collector was. He was aware of his limitations. When we come to prayer, we should be aware of our limitations, our shortcomings, and our personal failures. I humbly bring those before God. We're talking about dimensions and dynamics of prayer. In contrast with the Pharisee, he displayed all the traits of someone who was self-satisfied, someone who was lacking in self-awareness. He left the house of prayer more condemned than when he came. May God help us. In his life, we see pride. We see a man who has massive ego. We see someone who was happy with his lot in life, even though it was spiritually rotten. My God, the tax collector shows us that prayer is a place of humility, of self-abasement, which we see in the words that he said. And, 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 and because... He, he just simply threw himself at God's mercy. The Bible says that the pride, the proud God knows afar off. May we not come like the tax collector. May we, we not come like the Pharisee. May we come like the tax collector. There is something else that this passage reminded me of and prompted in my, in my mind as I, as I thought about it. This wasn't a long parable. And there is no indication in the text that there was long praying. So it brought into my mind this whole conundrum of, you know, length of prayer versus um, the, the, the length of prayer. What, is there something to be said by the length of prayer? Some people go by volume of prayer. By volume, I mean noise. Um, and there's this perennial debate about quantity, um, not noise level, versus brevity. Some say quality. There are times when we need to tarry. Let me say this. There are times when we need to tarry in the presence of God to travail in prayer. 
And to travail is to labor hard, to spend extended time and energy saying, God, I will not let you go unless you heal me. However, spending a long time without the presence of other conditions, praying in the name of Jesus, praying according to his will, coming in humility, will not deliver the desired result. God will not hear. So Jesus referred to the heathens who uh, use vain repetitions in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7, thinking they will be heard because of their excessive speaking. Um, the, actually, the answer is a capital no. Even when we spend time, a lot of time in prayer and fasting, with no change of heart, with no change of attitude, with no change of action, it will, not lead, it will lead us to a dead end. So in our main text, there is no evidence that the tax collector prayed long. What we know is that he simply prayed, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The main point is this. A long prayer has its place. Will all the other conditions fulfill whilst a short, punchy prayer to the point also has its place? Brothers and sisters, let's not be deceived. You know, if Peter had prayed a long prayer, he would have been sunk beyond trace. That's why he said, Lord, save me. The shortest prayer in the Bible in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30. The thief on the cross said, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. There wasn't time for long praying. That's in Luke chapter 23, verse 40. Jesus replied, today you will be with me in paradise. What, what am I saying? What is God saying to us? The length of prayer should be determined by the occasion. Your humility and your sincerity of heart will determine the outcome. That takes us to our penultimate point, and it is this. And we see in the passage that the place of prayer is the place of exchange. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And we don't have time to, to break the details of that text. But it simply is an invitation. God is inviting us to come. Jesus is inviting us to come to him. Come to him as sinners. Come to him in the place of prayer. And there are promises. He says, I will give you rest. My labor and my heavy laden will be exchanged for his easy yoke and light burden. This is what happens when we come into prayer and we come in the place of honesty and vulnerability. There is an exchange that takes place. That this is what happened to the, the, the tax collector. He experienced an exchange, a fantastic exchange. Sadly for the Pharisees, what happened that he missed his opportunity. May that not be our plight. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. May we come, as we come, as we come to pray. It, it doesn't matter when we come as individuals, come as a family unit, come as a church. May we come recognizing this is the place of exchange. And something is going to be taken from us. And God is going to give us something in his place. And that brings us to our last text, which is Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14 to 16. And where we're invited that there is a place of mercy, grace, and lasting change. That's really the heart of this message. When we come to pray, the place of prayer is a place of mercy. It is a place of grace of God. It is a place of lasting change. God invites us. He invites and beckons us. He's ready for us. The Bible says we have a great high priest. And so let us come. Let us come boldly 
before his throne of grace. It is a throne of grace. And when we come, the promise that we have is one of change. We find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Brothers and sisters, children of God, let us recognize that in the dimensions and the dynamics of prayer, the, the, the place of prayer is a place of honesty, of vulnerability that leads to change, that produces change. God is calling us. He said, draw near unto him, me, and I will draw near to you. We have been considering this theme, the dimension and the dynamics of prayer. And the specific topic is this, that God is calling us to honesty and vulnerability so that we might ex experience transformation. When we consider the movement and the progression in prayer, actors, we come with adoration, we come confessing, we come giving thanks, we intercede for others, we come in supplication. What is happening is there is a movement. And with that understanding, we can learn important lessons about the dimensions and dynamics of prayer when we consider Jesus' parable regarding the Pharisee and the tax collector. When we look at that scripture and all the other scriptures, we begin to see that the place of prayer is a place where our real self should come out. We'll come as an open book, nothing to hide. The place of prayer is a place where we're called to be honest with God, honest with ourselves. It is a place where there is a battle that takes place, where reality battles with religion, where truth always confronts lies. May we be a people who live real, authentic lives, people who live our lives truthfully. It is a place where we're called to penitence, repentance, a place that we avoid any kind of performance. It is a place where we are called to self-awareness, to self-examine ourselves, and to confess whatever there is in our lives that will be a stumbling block to prayer. You know, there is no place for pride. There is no place for self-righteousness. There is no place for self-justification or self-promotion, as the Pharisee did. And brothers and sisters, it's not the length of prayer. It is the condition of our heart. It is us meeting the conditions and the requirements. The circumstance would de determine the length of prayer. Yeah, I told you that story in the past of a man. A man was dying, and the pastors gathered some leaders and said, pray. And the elder was asked to pray, and he began to pray. God who made heaven and earth and all that is in it, quoted all the scriptures. You are the God who rules in Israel, in Jerusalem. The God who rules in India and Pakistan and Jordan. And he names all so many countries. And then he said, in Jesus' name. And he opened his eyes. The people were looking at him. They looked at the man. The man was dead. He said, he's dead. They said, yes. When did he die? He said, when you were in Pakistan. God is saying to us, pray the appropriate prayer. That means you're real. You deal with the situation. If it is, Lord, save me. Say, Lord, save me. And when we do that, the place of prayer is the place of exchange. We find mercy, grace to help in time of need that brings lasting change, enduring transformation. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Why don't you, wherever you are, just stand with me, lift your hands and just say, God, my hands are like this. I'm an open book. You see me. You know me. Search me, O God. and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior. Know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked ways in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. That's what the songwriter says. 
taken from Psalm 139. And so we say we come to God. We come to God in our, we come to him honestly. We come to him in our vulnerability. We're going to be real with God. We're going to come boldly because we come to God who has promised to exchange. We're going to sh- there's going to be a shift. We move from the place of condemnation to the place of justification. We move from the place of weakness to the place of strength. We move from the place of brokenness to the place of healing. Father, thank you. Because as we stand, you are doing work in lives and families. Families that are broken shall be healed. Because we are owning the issue. We're owning our condition. We thank you because you've heard. You've answered and it is done. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Emmanuel Mbakwe of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nation Centre reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.